Before we start the show Gabriel wanted me to tell you about his upcoming shows. On Thursday, January 10th, Gabriel will be at Ocean's 5 in Big Harbor, Washington. He's never heard of it either. On January 11th and 12th he will be at the Carson Nugget Casino in Carson City, Nevada, where the average audience member age will be close to 100. January 18th and 19th Gabriel will be at Campbell's Resort in Sheelan, Washington. It will be cold. Bring a jacket. For more information and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to gabrielrutledge.com. Now with that out of the way are you ready to get this podcast started? Well too bad because it's time for episode 2 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge. Now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. It's Shalan, Washington. Not Sheelan, Washington. Silly robot. CH words are for humans. I've had that uh, podcast theme song stuck in my head all week. But, well, not the actual song, just the, the drum part. That's the... Pr- that's the problem with punk rock music, by the way. And we did most of our songs when I was in a band were not that crazy punk rock. They were a little slower. But I would say that's uh that's a problem with punk rock music is uh no one ever <laughs> no one ever says like, you know what song I had stuck in my head all week I just can't get rid of? It goes I mean, talk about an earworm. That thing is just in there. Oh, I'm at the bank and all I can hear is I'm at the gym. I'm trying to go to bed. Oh, what a catchy tune. So no, I'm not, I'm not, uh, the song isn't stuck in my head, but the ending drum part is stuck in my head. That goes, that part, which, uh, yeah, you like that mouth drumming? Ladies, fellas. That's uh, when two drummers are, uh, or more, are gathered. This is in the drummer Bible. Uh, when two or more drummers are gathered. Uh, the uh, When we talk about drum parts, it's pretty douchey. It's pretty, I'm talking mostly when I was in like, you know, high school marching band, not like when I was in a band band. But when drummers are talking about like what drum part to play, it's ridiculous. It's like one guy like, I think it should go like do do pop off poof pop 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 poof poof, and then the other guy's like, I was thinking more like boogie boogie pop off poof poof pop da do psh psh do 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 kaka do do. It's pretty silly. Uh yeah, I was in. uh That was actually my uh my wife's first memory of me is band related because I I moved to Olympia, Washington, middle of fifth grade year. And uh, they did not have – I had played drums, uh, you know, just in the school band uh, in South Bend, Washington, where I was from. But uh, the guy in Olympia, I think he just hated drummers, and so he was like, no, no drummers. So there was no drummers in the uh, McLean Elementary School band, but I think my parents talked him into letting me play. So I had to bring my own snare drum uh, from school. I mean, from home to school, I did not have a uh, a, a drum case, and so uh, 
It was just a big suitcase that fit a snare drum that I had to drag to school. And that is my wife's first memory of me in fifth grade is a uh, kid with a bowl cut and some giant glasses uh, dragging a suitcase with a snare drum in it. Uh, and actually, that's just to let you know my social status in fifth grade after I moved. Like, I didn't feel like a loser, but in hindsight, I was I must have been. Because uh, my first memory of Christy, my wife, is in fifth grade. Uh, she ran up and kissed me and said, sorry, I had to do that. It was for a truth or dare game. Which, uh, that, that lets you know my social status in fifth grade, where it was like, do you want to eat this worm we found by the dumpster or kiss the new snare drum kid? And uh, she chose snare drum kid. <laughs> It actually, uh, after high, we were like 19, and we that we played Truth or Dare, much more drunk than the fifth grade version. Uh, a group of friends, well, my, my wife included, we played Truth or Dare. And uh, that sort of, I think we did one of those three minutes in the closet things. And uh, she got pregnant. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but that sort of sparked a romance that was supposed to be just physical. And uh, yeah, so we, we, we turned... We turned three minutes into the closet into like, you know, 25 years cohabitating. But yeah, I, I mean, I, in high school, I was in, uh, I was in marching band. I was in pep band. I was in concert band. I was in jazz band. Uh, and you're probably thinking, yeah, you sound like a real band dork. Yeah, well, sh- shut up. My mom, my mom says that some, some boys mature slower than others, okay? A lot of these girls are going to wish they asked me out later. Actually, my mom never said that. I do remember my dad saying that uh, uh, I would be less chubby after I had a growth spurt, which uh, I am still waiting on. I should bring that up at the doctor <laughs> when he's like, yeah, you should lose some weight. I'm like, yeah, but... It's a pretty healthy weight if I was 6'8", though, right? So, I could diet and exercise more, but I'm just going to wait for that growth spurt my dad told me about. Also, I love how uh, if uh, maybe only chubby people will understand this, but sometimes when the doctor, they'll be like, ah, you should lose some weight. And they'll just, they'll give you a printout of like how to lose weight, like that information's not available. Like, so you're saying less calories and more activity could cause me to be less fat? Son of a bitch. You learned a lot at that school. So they always, they're always like, you know, they'll, they'll tell you how to lose weight. And I always want to be like, you sell donuts in the lobby. If you care so much about my weight, why is there a snack bar 100 feet from here? I loved high school band, man. That was that was fun. That was, uh, I played snare drum. I had a mullet. All the drummers had mullets. I just thought it was long hair. I thought I want to grow my hair long, and I, mullet was what I thought long hair was. And I was incorrect. Uh, shut up. My mom says my hair looks good. That's actually true. My mom. Uh, was on record as saying she thought the mullet was uh, her favorite haircut. 
I ever had. And luckily, uh, I have one of my senior, maybe not senior, I think I got rid of it by the time I was a senior, but uh, I, I do have a school picture with a pretty sweet mullet. I played the uh, our fight song intro on the snare drum, which was a big deal. We had like an audition, we had to practice. And uh, it was like a little solo thing with chanting from the rest of the band before we went into the fight song, which I think I think it was the University of Houston fight song because they were also Cougars. I was Capital High School Cougars, class of '92. Um, I should play, I should play the fight song. I'm at my house. No one's home. What? Okay, I think it'll pick up. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause one second. I have an electric drum set. I'm gonna play the snare drum intro. Uh, uh, to the fight song. I don't care if you want me to. I'm gonna. Here we go. There was a uh, snare drum intro to the song Tequila also, but I'll spare you guys that one. Uh, actually, I, I, I didn't start playing uh, snare drum until I was a sophomore. Uh, when I was a freshman, I played bass drum in the marching band, which uh, is awful. If you want to know what playing bass drum is like uh, in, in the marching band, uh Imagine working for a moving company, and occasionally you get to hit on the side of a recliner with a mallet. That's about as comfortable as bass drum is. I was also I was a tiny freshman. I mean, height wise, but don't worry. My dad says I'm going to have a growth spurt. Uh, so I was like, I don't know how tall I was five one five. Two, I was short. Had this giant bass drum. A ninth grader shouldn't have back problems. Uh, it was pretty brutal. And then I actually remember one time uh, I, I, when I was a freshman, I, I played cymbals uh, in a parade, which was just the worst because it's hours. You're marching for hours holding these giant cymbals that I don't even think I was playing by the end of the parade. My arms are just screaming in pain. Uh, that was brutal. I remember that was in Wenatchee. At the Apple Blossom Festival, I believe. Uh, and I, I always remember that trip for a very weird reason. Uh, it's, the <laughs> it's the first time uh, I ever heard the term blue balls. Which uh, was a very confusing term at the time, in, when, in ninth grade. But apparently uh, a couple of the... You know, because there's a bunch of bands in the same hotel... Uh, from different cities, and, and and one of the dorks from our band, I guess, made out with a dork from a different band, and uh, I don't, <laughs> the, 
bit little bandoric romance like do you want to empty my spit valve uh i don't know what that means but it was gross um and so and then everyone was joking the next day that eric probably shouldn't use his real name uh everyone was saying that eric had blue balls because he made out with some clarinet player and uh i had no idea what that meant and uh it's like, I mean, I know what it means now, but that's, I don't know. I feel like guys pretend blue balls is like the worst thing in the world. Like, I can't leave the house. I have blue balls. You you know how to masturbate, guy saying that. You can you can fix that problem alone. You don't need a, you don't need a, a partner. No, I'm not a doctor, but I will give an occasional health tip. There's donuts in the lobby. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I've only done, uh, one episode, but I already, uh, I already know this is going to be a common thing, uh, because I, I thought about some of the things I said last time and, uh, I, uh, I need to say some more things. So, uh, here's a new segment that's probably going to be reoccurring. Shit that Gabriel should have said last week. So I talked about, uh, my, uh, comedy trip to Pakistan a little bit last week. And uh, the one thing I should have said from the very start uh, about that trip is the unbelievable hospitality of every single person I met in Pakistan, from people at the comedy show to people at the the radio show we did to the the families we stayed with to the parties to the people on the street. Uh, People were so unbelievably kind – we didn't actually get to go to the street that often. Uh, in fact, one of the one of the comics I was with, uh, he asked our host Umar. He's like, "Could we just go walk around?" He's like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> Which I don't no, Not like we would have gotten kidnapped or anything. But he's trying to be safe. Uh, he wants to keep his comedy tour going. But we did go with Umar to a, a, a an air show around a bunch of other people, and. People kept asking for selfies. Um, they just meant pictures, not necessarily the selfie style picture. But anyway, um, and also when people would say selfie, I thought they spoke English, so I would start talking to them, and then I realized sometimes they didn't. They just knew the word selfie. But I, I asked, I asked Umar. I said, "Do I mean, you know?" Because I, I don't want to overstate it, but I probably just took random pictures with 15 different people, not at the comedy show, just like out on the street. And I said to Umar, do these people know about the comedy show? Is that why? And he's like, he just started laughing. He's like, no, they never see white people. <laughs> and especially with long hair. People were very intrigued uh, by the long hair. So I was just like randomly taking pictures uh, with, uh, you know, the people of Karachi. Which is, I mean, I felt like Tom Cruise or something. Yeah, because I'm sure Tom Cruise gets ten to fifteen pictures of him taken if he goes out in public. But yeah, they were uh, they were super nice. So uh, if you are from Pakistan and you're listening, shukriya, uh, which means thank you. It's the only word I learned uh, in Urdu, uh, and I really, I really in Urdu I should have learned uh, how, how does the toilet work. Because it was a little confusing to me. Thank you. Shukriya. 
That's all I know. That's it. No matter what you say to me, that's how I will respond. You could say, you American piece of shit. And I would be like, Shukriya. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for your hospitality. I know it isn't Matt you, but I'm thanking the whole region. Thank you for your hospitality. There's a few things you have uh, here in Pakistan that I wish we had uh, in America. Uh, the first thing is that the hose next to the toilet. I like that. That's, <laughs> I feel very fresh. Um, Confident. <laughs> Shukriya. Uh, one thing we have in America that I wish uh, you guys had here is uh, traffic laws. <laughs> I'm not sure a family of seven should be on the same scooter. I'm just gonna say that. That seems unsafe to me as a visitor. When a two-year-old's holding a baby on his head. <laughs> Also, the food in Pakistan was uh, incredible. Um, although, <laughs> by the end, my body was like, I think that's enough spicy goat. I think we've had our fill of spice. I'm pretty sure I ate an entire goat by the time I left uh, Pakistan. So I did. Uh, also, you can't, you can't drink the water there. I mean, if you live in Karachi, you can drink the water because you're used to it. But if you're a visitor, if you drink... The water, uh, you, you're going to have some diarrhea issues, some vomiting issues, uh, which, man, the, the paranoia the entire week I was there. Because, yeah, okay, you don't drink the tap water. Uh, don't brush your teeth with the tap water. Uh, don't let any shower water get in your mouth. Uh, don't have ice cubes in your drink if you go out somewhere. It's very, yeah. So I, I didn't get super sick. One of the guys on, on, on the trip got very sick. Um. I got a little sick at the end. I don't know if it was from, I don't know what it was from. I don't know if it was from uh, uh, perhaps a little bit of water or perhaps a lot of spicy goat. But either way, uh, I took some Imodium before I started my 16-hour <laughs> flight back to America. Um, okay, I think I've put this off long enough. Uh, this episode has a sponsor. Uh, and in case you're curious how you could be a sponsor of the Happiness Isn't Funny with the Gabriel Rutledge podcast, uh, you can pay me $5. That is the going rate. In fact, I already have a sponsor lined up for next episode. You're like, who is it? I can't tell you. They didn't pay me $10. Five bucks per episode. So I have a live read. It's my first live read. I've never done this. It's very exciting. Uh, <clears throat> and again... Uh, contact me. Uh, you can go to rutledgeradio.com, click on the uh, email thing, and it'll get to me. It's just Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com. But if you want, to, if you would like to sponsor an episode for five dollars, you can too. Get in now. Well, it's only five dollars. When this podcast takes off, it's going to be six six fifty. And you're going to regret it. <clears throat> this podcast is sponsored by comedian Andrew Rivers. I gave Andrew his first feature weekend six years ago in Oklahoma City, but then he put out a dry bar comedy special and has amassed 10 million views on Facebook. 
The Looney Bin still won't headline him, but that's a mistake if you ask me. He's really talented. Now, most comedians would be resentful that Andrew is way more famous than me, but not me. I am a loving and caring person, and I just want to see everyone else happy. Just ask most of my lovers. Plus, he's smart enough to sponsor a podcast that has one episode and three listeners. Get in on the ground floor. He's the next MeUndies. He wants to be on your genitals. Anyway, he's a very funny comedian. You should check out his comedy special at drybarcomedy.com slash Andrew R. It only costs $1 to rent. You can find Andrew on social media also. His handle is at Andrew J. Rivers. Send him a message and thank him for sponsoring this podcast. Wow. Uh, I got to send an email to stamps.com and get a real sponsor. That was painful. Also, if you do go to uh, RutledgeRadio.com uh, and look under the episode, uh, there'll be a link to his, Andrew's Dry Bar Comedy Special. And I will say, at all seriousness, this is nah, this is more than $5 worth. I've known Andrew a long time. He's super funny. Uh, and you should check out his special or him if he's near you. Let Yeah, Andrew, prepare for the happiness isn't funny bump. You're going to not even feel it. Uh I actually, I don't know, I'm, I'm very proud of Andrew J. Rivers, and not in a way like I've had something to do with his success. Um, but man, this fucking kid, I call him a kid because uh, I'm 45 and he's probably in his early 30s, but I knew him when he was much younger. And uh, he has worked so goddamn hard at comedy and uh, it's it, it's paying off. He's headlining uh, now. I get, apparently not in Oklahoma City. Um, and he's got that the dry bar thing that's uh, really helped him out. And uh, yeah, I uh, go check him out. I mean, all you all you can ask for as a comic is, is is if you get an opportunity. If something good happens in your comedy career, you hope that other comedians will think you deserve it. And uh, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but uh, Andrew J. Rivers, uh, whatever good things come to you, my friend, you deserve them. You've worked super hard. You've uh, gotten so goddamn funny, and uh, good for you, man. Thanks for the five bucks. Oh, and I should have said this last week. Oh, wait. I have a thing to play for that. Shit that Gabriel should have said last week. When when I was talking about how I I turned down the uh, dry bar comedy special opportunity, um, the the specials look amazing. I mean, I I think I may have let my uh, religious prejudice get in the way of uh, a good opportunity. I mean, well, I definitely did. It's been a really good opportunity for a lot of really good comics. I'm not judging anyone who did it. I think they did the right move. I think I kind of fucked up by not doing it. They look great. Even besides the exposure, just the clips themselves, which are like, I mean, it looks like a, a, a TV special. You know what I mean? Um, so, but that actually, uh, you know, I was complaining. I was complaining last week that maybe I don't have good instincts. I shouldn't have turned on the dry bar thing. Um, uh, I was also complaining that, uh, I was joking a little bit that I was on an Amazon Prime show. It was called Inside Joke with Asif Ali. Yeah, that's one you can't have in your introduction. Um, 
And uh, I, I had, okay, I had someone on Instagram send me a message that they saw the Amazon Prime thing. They liked it. Uh, a podcast listener, Cindy, Cindy Anna, uh, who used to listen to the Relages, uh, she watched it and enjoyed it. And I had a guy on Facebook who watched it and uh, not only enjoyed it, sent me a Facebook message about it and a Facebook voicemail, which was oddly violating. Just like, bro, that was fucking hilarious. I'm, la- I'm like, wow. Uh, thank you. And I complained about, you know, uh, uh, Drybar has all these views. And uh, I, I missed out on that. And uh, guess what? I have a kind of viral video. But before I even talk about the kind of viral video, I want to point out that there's a lot of talk in the world about positive attitude, right? Visualizing success. Putting out good thoughts into the universe and having them come back and reward you. Well, guess what? Guess what I did? I bitched about my lack of success. I complained. I complained that no one watched my Amazon Prime show. I complained that I didn't uh, uh, have any viral videos. And guess what? I was rewarded for my negative, negative attitude was rewarded. Okay? It's almost like uh, life is a random clusterfuck. And whether you're lucky or unlucky, it has nothing to do with your positive mental attitude or your thoughts. It's almost like that. I should have said that to the... Uh, Poor people that I saw in Pakistan on the street. I should have said that when they ran after the car trying to get money. I should have been like, no, I have something better than money. Are you familiar with the secret? Have you have you tried positive visual, visualization? Have you tried that? Have you journaling can help. No, I don't have food, but journaling can help. Write down your dreams. What's your subconscious trying to tell you? I have something better than food to give you. I have a book. It's it's from Tony Robbins. It's called Giant Head, Giant Ideas. It'll change your life. Have you have you ever heard of Joel Olstein? He's got he's got a podcast you should listen to. It's really going to help. It's called Openly Rich, Secretly Gay. It's really going to help your situation. By the way, BT dubs, I'm not against all self-help type things. I'm, I'm for setting goals. I'm for trying to achieve things. But I, you know, it gets a little weird. It gets it gets a little weird. We're all supposed to be positive. We're not all going to make it. That's not how. That's not how life works. Do you know the people I know? I mean, I just talk. I just complimented Andrew because he works hard. Working hard is important. It's super important. But the people I know who worked the hardest in stand-up comedy, when I look back at my uh, 18-year, very well-decorated career in stand-up comedy, the people who worked the hardest at stand-up comedy, the people who are like, I write two hours every day. Every time I perform, I do at least three new jokes. I get up on stage at least 10 times a week. I, uh, you know, those people, none of them are doing comedy anymore. 
the hardest working people I know in stand-up comedy are no longer in comedy because they burnt themselves out. It's not... Comedy is not uh, weightlifting. You can't just try harder. It's not like that. Of course you need to get up on stage often. Of course you need to keep writing. But it that's not... You're not necessarily rewarded by how hard you work. A really naturally funny person is already funnier than a really hardworking, not funny person. That's just the reality. Obviously, you need to do you need to work hard and have some natural funny, and then uh, you know, then good things can happen. But this this idea this. This idea that we're the only thing between us and wild success is just uh, if we could get our brain right, if we could, uh, if we visualize things more, if we just set goals. No, that's bullshit. I'm not buying it. You work hard, you hope for the best. It's a short self help book I wrote. It's called Work Hard, Hope for the Best. Also, who are you to think you know what the universe should give you or God or whatever uh, uh, thing helps you sleep at night? Who who are you to think, oh, this is what I need to have a better life? I need to set these goals. I need to do uh, – I need to start thinking about how to, how to make these things possible that I want. Who are you to say what's really important? All of the important things in my life, maybe not all, most of the really important things in my life were not my idea. I didn't have a goal to get married, but I did, and I've been with the love of my life for 20 – well, 21 years of marriage and about three years before that. And every day has been a joy. That's total horseshit. But we've had a lot of good days. Uh, I never had a goal to have a child or two children or three children. But I have all of them, and they are they're a, the biggest part of my life. They weren't a goal. I didn't put them on a dream board and visualize them. If I got to do a dream board when I was 25, all of my goals would have been band related. I want I want to be on like a, a cool record label and go on tours and have it be And guess what? None of those things were worked out. And I'm glad they didn't. Because I'm doing stand-up comedy now. And that has been uh the the main focus of my life other than my family for 18 years. So who who am I to say, like, I want this to happen? Because something else will happen that could give me much more joy and satisfaction than the thing I want. I just wrote another chapter to my self-help book. First chapter, work hard, hope for the best. Second chapter, you don't fucking know what you want anyway. So go along for the ride. All right. Hello, this is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. 
If you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, But if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry. And you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, It's easy. It's free. Uh, They distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which... Apparently, it's just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship. But I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So, worth it? Of course it is. Uh, Go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of The Rutledges. Viral video. Here we go. Uh, I don't know if it's quite viral. I I asked my son what he considered a viral video to be, and he said five million. And I was like, damn, not even close. But uh, on Facebook, um, this uh, page called Comedy Juice has been sharing some of my videos. Um, And uh, they're a little different than like the dry bar setup where they just, you know, comics already have the clips. They send them to them. And they, it's not just their page, but they have a whole network of of dozens of different pages that share it and – um, I have what, well, the first video I sent him got 66,000, which I was actually <laughs> kind of happy with that. I'm like, well, that's about, uh, 65,000 more than this video got when I shared it on my page. So cool. I'll take 66,000. Um, and then my next video, uh, as, as of this recording, uh, has 889,000 views. And then I have another one with, uh, 282 thousand views and uh of course they have ads and i get half of the revenue from the ads uh which means uh guess who has two thumbs up likes blowjobs and just got a check for 722 dollars from comedy juice yeah this guy uh which you know it's not life-changing money but holy shit that feels good um, I want the eight hundred eighty nine thousand to get to a million. I don't think it's gonna. It's kind of. It's it's been up for like three or four weeks, so it's it's slowing down. But it's all it's interesting because I am at the level a lot of comedians are, where most of the feedback we receive is overwhelmingly positive. Because you know, if I put up. A video on YouTube, my subscribers see it. People who've seen me somewhere else probably, they go, you're great. I love this bit. Or, I haven't seen this. It's hilarious. I mean, an occasional negative comment. But mostly, you're preaching to the choir at my level of fame, right? Uh, So I've never had anything like this with 800 and... I'm just going to round up a million views. Uh... And so I am getting some, a little bit of negative feedback, but also just random things. Because they're not going, I'm not sharing this from my page. This is just, you know, if you're on Facebook, someone else shares it, it shows up in your feed. You're like, people are people comment, they don't even necessarily say, this guy's great. They just go, this is funny. It's not about the person delivering the joke, sort of. It's just sort of like, hey, this random thing from the universe dropped down. And look, I do want to say, overwhelming majority of the thousands and thousands of comments were uh, super positive. 
Actually, most of them are just people tagging uh, their friends and family because the 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 biggest the eight hundred and eighty I'm sorry a million a million views that I got uh, on my the biggest video that it's called raising daughters and so a lot of people are like tagging you know they'll tag their dad and like sounds like us when we were little and like oh so and so just had a baby and like oh this is what you're in for and you know it and it's cool it's cool that that is somewhat bringing people together and um you know the thing that was like the coolest is like the tens of thousands of shares i don't know there's something cool about that someone watching a video and going like i want other people to see this that's it's nice so i'm not bitching that much <laughs> or maybe i should bitch more because the universe will reward me but and also i want to point out that if it's so much easier being a dude comedian than a female comedian. If you think there's no difference in being a man comedian and a woman comedian, look at any comments on any woman's video. I mean, it's brutal. It's disgusting. It's it's either I'd fuck this person, I wouldn't fuck this person, uh, women aren't funny. Um, even the compliments are women usually aren't funny, but this woman's funny. Uh and then everyone gets compared to like, uh, for some reason, every female comedian gets compared to Amy Schumer. Like, a lot funnier than Amy Schumer, or this is an Amy Schumer ripoff, which is not, it's ridiculous. There's more than, I mean, it kind of happened in this. A few people said, Louis C.K. had a bit like this about my bit, which, no, 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 he didn't. Yeah, we both have daughters, and we both probably talked about how daughters have a little evil in them, but... No, we're allowed to have the same premise. Although, also, there's some other stuff that Louis C.K. did that I've never done, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I I wrote down some of the, or I, I screenshotted some of the comments. I thought I'd go through them. I just got to get to them. They're in my phone, and like I have a thousand pictures of my... We have a new kitten here in the Rutledge house, uh, which is why my body is covered... It's covered in like tiny cuts because he thinks uh, I'm a scratching post. I guess he plays and cuddles with everyone else. Me, he just attacks. Um, and also we have a cat named Don who's 11 because we, we thought Don needed a buddy. In fact, we named the kitten Buddy. But uh, Don disagrees and he does not think he needs a buddy and he is not happy. And he uh, kind of wants to kill the cat. But anyway... I didn't even screenshot all of these comments because <laughs> they were so numerous. I mean, dozens of people uh, said something similar to this. This guy looks like Dave Grohl, who didn't do so well after Kurt Cobain died. Which, you know what hurts more than the comment is the 131 likes of the comment. That's just painful. And a bunch of people saying, like, my thoughts exactly. It's a weird comment. Because I'm sure Dave Grohl didn't do so well after Kurt Cobain died. First of all, huh? So I started responding to everyone who put a Dave Grohl comment. You know, and like I said, dozens of them. Just like, this guy looks like a fat Dave Grohl. I have a bit where I talk about how people say I look like Chubby Jesus. And uh, at the end of that bit, I say, I bet Jesus never got called a fat Foo Fighter. And so I started, 
I wanted to say mean things to these people, but it, what's the point? So I, I, I just would put, I would like their comment saying they looked like a fat Dave girl, and I would, I would post the video, the YouTube video of that bit, and like two or three of the people were like, "That's pretty funny." Sorry, I was a dick. Uh, th- this is a weird comment. Someone tagged their friends. They're like, "Is this Dave Grohl in thirty years?" Well, I googled it. Dave Grohl's forty nine. In 30 years, he'll be 80. So, no. I actually commented, well, Dave Grohl is 49, so I think Dave Grohl is already Dave Grohl in 30 years. Also, enjoy this video. And they were like, touche. Sorry I was a dick. Uh, there is one guy who decided to mix it up. Uh, and he, <laughs> he put, uh, did Tim Curry get fat? Uh, what I wanted to respond with is, uh, yes, and Eric got bald, because that was the guy's name. But I didn't say that. I just said, should have seen me with short hair, and I put this picture someone put online uh, that says, Gabriel Rutledge totally looks like Tim Curry. And then he said, sorry, I was a dick. Uh, there were a few people. Uh, who had some more, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, this is funny, but misogynistic, which, all right, I guess he, I mean, the bit is basically, boys are dumb, girls are evil, I mean, if I said, boys are evil and girls are dumb, I have a feeling you still would have said it was a misogynistic, um, I actually thought I would get, I thought I would get a couple of comments saying, because I say later in the bit that uh, uh, I kind of feel bad for, you know, a lot of guys say like, oh, no guy's going to be good enough to marry my daughter. Um, and I thought people might make a comment that, you know, me assuming she would marry a guy, you know, I don't know who she's going to marry. Could be a lesbian, could be non-binary, could be any of those things, which is all true. I mean, all indications are my uh, are my uh, my daughter is not. She seems straight. I don't know. I don't care. We'll see what happens. Um, but that's see the the problem with comedy is like I'm trying to go the least amount of time uh, I can without a punchline. So I can't say I feel bad for the guy my daughter will marry or the girl. Or the non-binary person, or the gender queer identifying person, or well, you know, gender's fluid. Whoever, whatever partner my daughter ends up with is, it's not funny now. And with the TED talk on gender, so I just go. You're trying to create a picture in your head. You're trying to say I feel bad for the guy my daughter's going to marry someday, and then I describe the kid, what he's doing now. He has no idea. There's an emotional shitstorm coming. I'm I'm trying to create a very distinct picture. I'm telling you what to imagine. I can't let you imagine the picture because then it's less funny than the vision I have. So that's, I mean, that's, I can't, you can't go two guys walking to a bar. Well, you know, they identified as male. Uh, 
you know, it's that's not how comedy works. I mean, it can be how it works, and I've seen people do it, but it's it really muddles the comedy. Um, and so, yes, I know my my daughter. Guess what else? My daughter might not get married. Um, so uh, I'm I'm making some assumptions for humor, and I thought people might. Make a comment like that. No, unless that's what they meant by misogynistic. I don't know. I'm a man. I don't know what it means. Uh, okay, now now to some fun comments. This one, this one I really enjoyed, mostly because uh, of the response. Kitty picture, kitty picture. Mostly because of the response uh, someone else left. Son of a bitch. Okay, here we go. I feel bad for his daughters growing up with a father like him. Which, really? I mean, it might be true, but not for reasons you know. Consela. Last name remitted. A few people commented on that one. They were like, you know, why? Or someone else was like, seems like he has a good sense of humor. It's probably a good dad. Which, thank you. Uh, one person put, oops, nasty mouth, poor child. Which... <laughs> Yeah, what what kid is going to get over their dad saying fuck? I'm sorry. That's That'll get any counseling. Tell me about your dad. He was the worst ever. He said fuck, occasionally shit. It was a nightmare. Okay, this was the one I was looking for. <clears throat> Cuz again, the jokes about when my daughter was 3, she would practice her emotions and the faces that went with them in the mirror. This is from Louisa, last name remitted. A three-year-old's practicing their emotion. Okay, I messed that up. A three-year-old practicing their emotions is actually quite healthy and normal. Three is when they start to really understand what emotions are and how to differentiate them and express them in a calm and positive way. This is probably something she's learned at daycare or preschool. I teach her age, and we talk about emotions a lot. Jesus Christ. But the first comment after it was, I bet you're a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> ah, thank you, Angela. Last name remitted. Holy shit. I'm not a child psychologist talking about emotions in toddlers. It's a fucking joke, lady. Uh, actually, uh... I got woman-splained by Louisa. I know there's a lot of talk about mansplaining. Louisa just woman-splained... Childhood emotions to me. Like, yeah, I know it's healthy and normal. That's why I made a joke about it, and everyone else laughs because they can identify with it. Holy crap! Two guys walk into a bar. We'll do. I actually work uh, in uh, construction, and I hope they had a building permit because a lot of people don't realize the levels. We Shut up! Shut up! Laugh or don't. Those are your options. And I, I would say this about everyone who commented. And again, those are there's other ones, but they're not that negative. Uh, mostly because the topic wasn't that negative. Like, actually, Andrew Rivers again, getting his $5 worth. One of his dry bar clips is about emotional support animals. And holy crap, you want to look at some comment thread fights, you can go check that out. Uh... So I don't, I, it wasn't anything like that, but it was just, I don't understand. Do you know how often I see Facebook videos and things that I don't like? 
Every day. We all do. Why leave a negative comment? What goes through your head to say, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to let all these people know in the comments that I think this guy is a bad father. And then I'll sleep better at night. Or I should probably say this guy looks like a fat Dave Grohl. Which again, I'm not I'm not against people thinking I look like a fat Dave Grohl. I'm also aware of that, which is why I made a joke about it. And we all say these things. Especially with the person you love. When when we watch TV or look at like if I came on TV and I wasn't me, if I was 6'8 and my appropriate weight in a, uh, in a different life, if I came on TV, a guy who looks like I do now, and I was with my wife, I might say to her, this guy looks like a fat Dave girl. This, this guy looks like, after Kurt Cobain died, he ate his feelings. I would say something like that to my wife in the privacy of her own home. I would not share that publicly. What the actual fuck is wrong with people? I mean, I know we're all kind of guilty of this, but not everyone needs to know our opinions, especially negative ones. That's why I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. People should know. And also, some people would leave comments. I almost get if you didn't like it or you did like it. It's the middle. It's the middle comments that, like, no one should ever comment on a thread. Meh. Meh. You thought everyone needed to know you thought it was just okay. That's the statement you wanted to make. Meh. Fuck off, meh. This is all part of it. This is another chapter in my self-help book. Give me five stars or fuck off. Which brings us to my iTunes reviews. Uh, I said, I threatened, I threatened last week. If you give me an iTunes review, uh, that I would uh, I would read it on the podcast, and uh, this is going to take a while because uh, I've only had one episode. I already have sixty ratings. I'm kidding. I have six ratings. Um, some of the ratings I, I can only read them obviously if you left words. Also, one of those ratings is mine. Uh, all right, first iTunes review. And please keep leaving these. I'll keep reading them. From Peter Gibbons. Love the new and the old. Five stars. Love the new podcast and still enjoy the old podcast as well. I hope they are both available forever. You know what, Peter Gibbons? You know what's available forever? Is room for you in my heart. Thanks, PG. Uh, another review. Rave review. Five stars by Freddie69. Actually, there's a lot of numbers after the 69, but guess what, Freddie? You had me at 69. This is quite possibly the best podcast I've heard all week. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thank you, Freddie. Don't listen to any other ones. Let's keep it that way. Uh, last one, Gabriel is an outstanding comedian. Five stars by Heather. I know Heather. Heather from Portland has seen me a million times. You, Heather is a great comedy fan. She represents. She goes out. She's also super into CrossFit because I... As a comedian, attract athletes. They understand me. They see the discipline I bring to stand-up. They're athletes. She's super into CrossFit, and she's super ripped. Good for you, Heather. Uh, and thank you for seeing me so many times. First, <laughs> Heather's review. Quick wit 
and gorgeous flowing hair are only two of the many attributes of Gabriel Rutledge. Why is that not the first line of my new biography? Quick wit and gorgeous flowing hair are only two of the many attributes of Gabriel Rutledge. Road comic extraordinaire. He relays his tales of comedy and family life with excellent pacing. You will be entertained if you so choose to listen to this podcast. At the very least, you won't be alone, and maybe it helps you fall asleep. I'll try that next time. But in all seriousness, listen to the this funny man you can see him perform live. Don't miss it. Uh, thank you. And I believe that was a reference to uh, how my comedy put Patrice O'Neill to sleep. Uh, thanks, Heather, Freddie, Peter. If you guys uh, want yours, you know what? If you leave me a review and you don't want to, re- to read it, put don't read this. Five stars. Um, but I appreciate that. And I think it's up on iTunes. I think oh, you goddamn Android people are such a pain in the ass. Uh, it's on Stitcher. Uh, it's on Google Play. It's, uh, it's also available. Um, I, the website is RutledgeRadio.com. And if you were a listener to the Rutledge's podcast and you're like, I think that's the website, uh, you used to have for that podcast. You're correct. Uh, it just, it used to redirect to the Green Room Radio website, which is where the Rutledge's podcast is still hosted, um, even though it's no longer current. And so I just changed it to redirect to the podcast host that I have now. So RutledgeRadio.com, um, you can you can listen to it there. Um, and uh, check out my sponsor this week under the episode. And hit the contact button. Ask me a question. I'll be out of shit to talk about soon enough. I'm going to need your help. Um, I think that's it for this time. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out. That's dumb. I can't say hanging out. We didn't hang out. You were just listening while you did other shit. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you making it to the end. Uh, shukriya. And uh, talk to you next time. Show's over. We're done. Bye.